win with lifestyle entrepreneurs, Josh Williams and Justin Knoll. Each week we will be bringing you inspiring people or messages to help you win in every aspect of life. What's up, y'all? What's, what's up? happening? How you guys doing today? We're great. Happy I love that. We're like, what's up? What's up? Anthony, how y'all doing? <laughs> He's so professional. <laughs> like, you, do, you do not fit in here, pal. <laughs> is that what it is? <laughs> we're that, that little cool voice. How y'all doing today? Check it out. Uh, hey, we're excited, man. Voice. This is uh, springtime. Yes, it is. It's here. I heard baseball started. I'm not really paying attention to it because they're so bad right now, but uh, oh, we're just rolling. Across but it's beautiful. the board. All of our All teams. All the teams yeah. are bad. No good. So, and we've got some big-ass snowstorm coming tomorrow. That's uh, bad news. Dreadful. So here we are anyway. We're going to grind through this. Right. We have an awesome, amazing, super, super smart guest today. This is one of those days where you feel intellectually uh, very inferior. So oh, I don't believe that at yeah, all. No. You're intellectually stimulating. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's We're why I've been try. sitting over here for the first half hour like, gosh, dang, just staring at the table what like, am I doing? what am I doing? How am I going to roll with this today? I don't fit in at all. <laughs> so we are super excited to have Anthony Meisner with us. Anthony is a Colorado native. Nice. There's like, is there three of us? I think there's us? three no, of us. Yeah. We have support groups on Wednesdays, I like to say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> Reminisce on the days of when we can drive to Arvada from Aurora in 20 minutes. Yeah, that, that doesn't best. happen anymore. <laughs> yeah, not right. at Even all. at midnight. Yeah. So, uh, hey, Anthony, I do want you to know, just because you brought that up, I got from 144th <gasps> and I-25 to in front of this in 22 minutes today. Oh, wow. That's pretty legit. That, that is, is pretty legit. legit. And that's no toll road. Wow. Guess up. For those of you not in our market, we apologize for making this super boring and uh, not pertinent to you. <laughs> They're like, what are they talking about? Hey, we got some traffic out here in Denver, okay? All right, just go with it. Uh, so, Anthony, we're super pumped to have you here, man. You are um, just what I consider to be an up-and-coming, just rising star in our industry. You bring so much value to the table with regards to um, things, and we're going to talk about them, but things that you're kind of opening people's eyes to, maybe the the old school way of doing things versus the new school way. And you've got some interesting stories to tell on that, I think. I do, yeah, um, thank you. So we're super pumped. So, man, tell us about you. You're with Land Title, but tell us all about yeah, you. Yeah, I want to know, like, you were here. You're, you're a native. Where'd you grow up? Where'd yeah, you so... Tell us a little about that. You bet. So I, uh, I was born and raised in Fort Collins, Colorado. And that kind of shaped me and molded me a bit because... Yep. You're you're in a really great spot in Colorado. Now, yeah. don't get me wrong. I do still love Fort Collins. I don't go up there a lot. Yeah. Um, when I kind of left that former life of mine behind me, I married a girl who is also a Colorado native. She's oh. the third in our support group. Oh, my God. Yeah, and uh, she lived in Arvada, so we moved down to Denver. Um, I got my degree at UNC in Greeley. Uh, in economics. So, nice. Yeah, you know, nerd out a little nerd bit, out. enjoy the yeah. data. And I've pretty much built my entire professional life around just analytics and data and doing a lot of just really nerdy stuff. Because even though we all, you know, seem to act like we don't like that stuff, everyone really secretly enjoys it. 100%. We yeah. all look at that like, <laughs> yeah. hey, yeah. I can't put it together. Yeah. I need someone like Anthony to do it. Yeah, but yeah, I yeah. love it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it's been fun. I mean, everything from when I first got out of college, I mean, like I was telling you earlier, I was I basically helped turn my grandparents' business upside down from carbon copies to the modern world. And then 
went to consulting and did a bunch of consulting work independent when I was like 23. Jeez. Basically trying to tell a bunch of 60-year-olds how to stop phone book advertising <laughs> and uh, do some real analytics on the marketplace. So that was really fun. And then I got into real estate from there. Okay. Yeah. I want to rewind because uh, I get a, the pleasure of working with my family as well. Can be challenging at times. Mm-hmm. Um, I do a podcast with part of my family as well. Josh is my cousin mm-hmm. now. That's right. Um, but it's challenging, and it is challenging. It's let me tell you, <laughs> every week, super challenging. It's the best thing that's happened to you, pal. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. You're born into the right family. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 But it is it is tough, right? Because you you don't want to cross certain certain lines you want to be respectful of the relationship you have outside of the office or wherever you are and um, but then it's you, it carries over into dinner time it carries over into events you know You're family events me. and all that stuff so what was that like so their their company was embroidering and screen print yes yeah, so it was called absolute graphics okay. it was this small little mom and pop shop screen printing embroidery you know promotional items yep. kind of stuff okay and uh, they were out of Fort Collins, right? And actually, I worked for them in high school because I just nice. needed a job to where I could go after high school. But I was just doing production work then. Like, it had nothing to do with the business side of it. Yeah. And it was 2010 when I graduated, bottom of the recession. I'm, like, applying for economics jobs all over the world, like in Luxembourg. And I'm like, <laughs> how do I stay in my field? Like, man, I really should have gone to grad school. And I just didn't. And so I'm like, okay, what do we do? And they just called me, and they were like, We've got a front desk position open at the office. Do you want to come work for us? And and they're like, but we're going to pay you less than we paid you in high school because we can't afford you now. I'm like, oh, Anthony. Yeah, I mean, for you can have me as long as I till I find a job. Yeah, that you know what that's that's called a red flag. That's a red flag. <laughs> right <there. laughs> Should have been. We are going to use you for everything we can, but we love you. It's true. It, it worked is, out all right, man. Yeah, I, no, I, I got a lot of good real life experience. Um, I did a ton of industry analytics for them, basically built pricing models, looked at competition, showed them how to be profitable again. Yeah. As I walked out the door, I said, if you keep this many employees and you have this much overhead, here's how you can be profitable going into the future. I really want you to retire. Because yeah. they were my grandparents were in their yeah. 70s at the time. So it was very you know amicable when I left. How, but did, how did they awesome. like deal with you bringing all this new knowledge to them? Because I mean, I mean, I know a lot of people in their 60s, 70s, and they just want nothing to do with it. And it scares them, actually. So how did they deal with you bringing all that into their business? You know, it's no different than the the knowledge I bring into people's real estate business, to be completely honest, because you're basically convincing a lot of people that are 20 to 30 years older than you that, well, times have changed and it's time to get with the times, yeah. right? You can't. You got to get off carbon copies, which I don't think they use in real estate anymore. You can tell no, me. Right? <laughs> yeah. no. That was fun, but, though. <laughs> but when you go from phone book marketing to social media, it's it's a pretty big gap. And yeah. honestly, they kind of knew it was time to start doing something different. Yeah. But yeah. they were super responsive. It was nice. But it was one of those things like every day you got to justify everything you're doing. And honestly, I don't think that changes. Yeah. You know, I'm in my 30s now and it going from 22 and trying to build credibility to 31 and build credibility hasn't changed at all. Yeah, if you, 42 if you gained a, if you yeah, gained right. a, if you gained a hairline, that would help you. <laughs> My hairline is super deep. I mean, I get all kinds of credibility. That's right. <laughs> Until I start talking <laughs> with then, guys like you and my education. Like, yeah. yeah. It's, it's yeah, over. We're feeling, uh, feeling it today. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so then you transition out of that and you say, hey, there's some opportunity here to consult companies in similar situations, right? Yeah, so I moved into consulting full-time, um, basically got with a graphic artist. You know, I didn't really want to stay in the industry, but at the yeah. same time, 
there was a little bit of money to be had there before I had to do something different. Basically, it was buying time until my wife graduated college. (laughs) And then she could support us while I pursued my dreams. Love it. We love that. (laughs) Yeah, no, it was great. Um, But yeah, I just consulted for some signs companies, some screen printing companies, basically for a lot of just real small business. We did everything from social media marketing all the way to financial consulting, literally building pricing models for them to, you know, what does it take to put a vinyl wrap on a car? I'm like, I have no idea, but if you can tell me what it costs, I'll tell you how to do it. Yeah. Right. We can build pricing models for it. It was simple math. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing was, you know, how do you fit into your marketplace? Do you want to be the most expensive company out there? Maybe. Yeah. Do you want to be the least expensive? Absolutely not. Yeah, yeah. 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 So let's just figure that out. And it was great because the consulting really kind of grounded me in reality after yeah. college. And that's kind of molded me and shaped me for what I've kind of done as, you know, the rest of my career. I imagine somewhat humbling as well. Absolutely. Yeah. When you're when you're starving, it's humbling. <laughs> <laughs> starving will do that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Not a humble quote. Wow. Okay. So holy cow, you're not even twenty-five yet at this point. Twenty-three. Yeah, I was 23, 24. I think when I got into real estate, I was 25. So how did you get into real estate? What did that look like? What what did you end up doing? So I had a business partner at the time when I was consulting. My wife graduated college and she's like, hey, I got a job at Lutheran Hospital. Let's move to Denver. And I said, great. And I just gave up the business and let everything go and let her support us. And so on good faith, we moved down to Arvada and uh, it was great, yeah. That's so My cool. wife's a rock star, man. She, she is, just clearly, yeah. I mean, between raising our our son and another one on the way, man, she's just. So apparently, we should have else. her on next week. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. We should have brought her on. Now, so what and she will tell you a very like, different she... story than I will. <laughs> what does she yeah. go to school for? What is she doing? Um, my wife was working in the ER at Lutheran, wow, and okay. now she is working as a TC from home, still moonlighting at the, the ER, because I don't think she can let it go. It's like part yeah. of her soul. But what she realizes is like, I can't really work three nights a week at the hospital and stay home with the kids. Yeah. So I think it was just a life decision yeah. for her, but she's That's been awesome. super supportive for me, for sure. That's, I wouldn't be doing So the roles are changing it. a little. Now yeah. you're, you're getting in there, you're kind of running things a little bit so that she can be home with the kids. Yeah, it's been awesome. It's That's been a really, great. really good time. That's great. All right, so you got into the real estate side recruiting. Yeah, so my very first job, before I even started recruiting, I was working four hours a night from home on a multi-dialer, cold calling uh, homeowners that were in luxury real estate trying to get people listing appointments. Turns out I'm actually quite the salesperson. Heard. Hey. Nice. So I was setting like, you know, three, four appointments every night for four hours, talking to like 300 people at a time. That lasted like a few months till that whole entire program went bankrupt and belly up. Oh. But it was for your castle, right? Like, so they were just like, we're going to cut this program, but we really want you to come recruit for us. So in the first year recruiting, I made 25,000 cold calls. We recruited almost 200 real estate agents. Wow. Wow. So it was awesome. It was a really good kind of stepping stone. And from there, you're like, okay, well, what's next? Because there's no way I'm going to continue to make this many calls every day. It's awful. (laughs) You've talked to everybody. I think I know every real estate agent in town. And then they were like, hey, did you know this thing called title? It's like lending. All you have to do is network with realtors. And I'm like, well, I know a lot of realtors. Yeah. Like I've just been calling all of them. I, in fact, have called 25,000 realtors in the last year. Yeah. <laughs> I think you called me a And lot a lot of them remembered. I bet I probably did call yeah. you. I only called so. people that did sell real estate. So as long as yeah. you were doing that at the time. Barely. So, so I'm curious because there's a lot of people that plug in our podcast that try to just network and do those things. And a lot of them absolutely hate the cold call. You had to, no choice but to embrace it. I mean, no, I mean how did you, appro- you approach that? You practice. You get good at your scripts. 
you know what? And after you make the first two or three, like everything's downhill from there. It's easy, right? It's your your yeah. confidence is up. And then when you realize you have lost your confidence because you've been making the same call for two straight hours, you get up and you protect your attitude. I mean, sales, there's one big key. It's protect your attitude, keep your mindset right. Yeah, wow. 100%. I love that. Yeah. Protect your attitude. So go for a walk, stretch, go get a snack, do some laundry, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> do whatever it is. And, and the nice thing was being in the office helps too because you're around people that, you know, you're trying to be a role model for people, right? I mean, at the end of the day, as a recruiter, how are you supposed to recruit agents and say, I'm going to help you with your business, but you got to do what I got to do every day, yep. right? You yep. want to grow your business, you got to get out and prospect. Yep. Yeah, the kind of prospecting we're doing is really different, but we've all got to get out there and make our phone calls. So what do you do creatively? Because now you're in a position at Land Title, which is one of the, the best title companies out and, and has been around for a long time, and they take a very relationship-driven approach to business. I feel like it's like a commercial right now. You're a great um, title man, commercial. Geez. Thanks for uh, pitching but that. It, <laughs> but it's, it's, a, it's a different thing. It is predicated on the relationship. How do you keep the relationship from getting stagnant and to where you're making calls over and over and over, typically to the same people, I would imagine. Yeah. I mean, so now my marketplace is Boulder. So there are 1,500 realtors basically yeah. just in you know the city and county outside of Longmont. I don't even touch Longmont because mm. there's another sales rep out there. Um, but I don't even call on all of them. I call on you know five to 800, depending yeah. on kind of what that looks like. And to be completely honest, I have done everything I can to mold my business from cold calling to relationship style sales. Yeah. Yep. For a good reason, because it's just more fun, it's more enjoyable, and I think it's better long-term. Definitely more sustainable. Absolutely. I would agree with that. I mean, that's, that's where the deal is, is, is in the, the relationship for sure. That's, that's awesome. So yeah. one reason I was excited to, to connect with you and, and learn more about stuff is I've seen you speak several times um, on this whole thing on Bitcoin. Yeah, and I kind of fell into that one. It's, it's crazy. Um, yeah. I, it's just I can't wrap my head around everything that's happening, especially from somebody that's done this. You know, we've been at this for a long time, and anytime you change the traditions of how things have happened, this is the way we've always done it, right? We sound like yeah, you know, I've been getting that my whole life, so oh, this is all good. Gosh, um, I mean, when Justin told me, hey, you know, he knows a lot about Bitcoin. I'm like, dude. I don't even like. I've heard of it. <laughs> I have no idea. I mean, is it like a bit of a coin? Is it like e what money? Like I don't even like. You, I need you to explain to us real quick what the hell fair enough Bitcoin is. All right, so let me just give you a little bit of background on the whole cryptocurrency thing. Yeah, because and how you got into it too. I want to be this about your story in relation to it. You bet. So, come about 2015. You know, I grew up in a really nerdy family. I mean, my dad and I were building computers really young. Like, I think we started putting my, I think my first computer we put together when I was like eight. And then I was building plenty of like servers and systems and whatever in high school because oh I was gosh. just a geek and that was fun. That's awesome. So come the time, my dad's a software engineer too. So okay. basically about that time, you know, he's, he's doing software development. I'm down here doing real estate stuff. He's like, hey, you know, there's a lot of guys in my office that are getting into this cryptocurrency mining thing. And I'm like, oh, I've heard of that stuff. You know, it's it's pretty interesting. I've been following it a little bit. You know, it's, it's I'm I'm idealistically aligned with the fact that the Fed is not controlling the money for our country. Like, it sounds yep. like a great idea, yep. right? It's kind of fixed. Yep. And I'm like, okay, this is kind of interesting. Let's take a look at this. And next thing you know, we're like ten thousand dollars in servers deep, and we're running a server room out of the basement at my dad's house, doing a bunch of cryptocurrency mining for Monero. 
And this is, you know, between 2015, 2016, 2017. And then in 2017, literally, this is not cross paths with my real estate career. This is purely just like conversational and it's nerdy and it's kind of in exciting and fun and it has nothing to do with real estate. And so come 2017, people start walking in my office in Boulder because it's such a hub for kind of the intellectual community, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that, that hub of just like crazy entrepreneurism, people are like, hey, I want to buy a house with Bitcoin. And I'm like, well, you're speaking my language now, so this is good. I'm glad you got me instead of someone else. And next thing you know, just going down to legal, and I'm like, hey, we want to do this. And they're like, what is that? <laughs> I'll explain it to you, and you're going to write us a set of closing instructions so we can sell houses with Bitcoin. And they're like, hold on. And like every yeah. week, I'm calling yeah. down to legal, and I'm like, you guys, this is a big deal. You need to make it happen because it's going to put us on the map in Colorado. Not that we needed to be put on the map, but I mean, Even it's just bigger. one more, yep, one yeah. more thing to do. Yeah, more value. And so, next thing you know, I'm getting phone calls from everywhere, right? And I'm talking to tons of people, and I'm networking with the largest brokerage owners in the state. It kind of spiraled out of control, like in a few months. So then, I put together my CE class that yeah. I teach. Um, and from there, the rest is history. I mean, I've been teaching that class for a year and a half, and I hit up the whole speaking circuit in Colorado this year. So pretty much every real estate summit or of some kind, I think I've spoken in the last 12 months. So cool. Purely on cryptocurrency and blockchain technologies. What, what kind of technology? Blockchain. <laughs> blockchain. So, yeah, so there's two things here to talk about, right? What is Bitcoin? Well, Bitcoin is a digital currency, okay. right? Yep. That, at, at the nutshell, that's all it is. It's basically just a digital ledger like you would have anywhere else, but a bunch of the rules changed. So instead of your money being in your wallet, it's now on your cell phone, which in the rest of the world is not like this revolutionary idea. It's just the way that it's transferred, right? The, the ledger is completely public. So anybody and everybody that has done a Bitcoin transaction is publicly out there on the Bitcoin ledger. It's like if Wells Fargo just opened up their books and said, hey, take a look, except for every single name is in encrypted. Gotcha, okay. So Bitcoin is just, it's just money, except for the fact that it's digital money and it's distributed and it's owned and run by the people using it. It has nothing to do with any foreign government. It's and basically like phenomenal. a world currency that is run and operated by the people using it and developing it. Okay. That's the short answer on what is Bitcoin. So yeah. let, let me ask you this question about Bitcoin. So the United States government, they don't, they don't look at it, right, yet as a, as a Correct. real currency. So it's, it's, is it kind of like an underground currency? Hey, it's only, only these people that are part of it. Like how do you get part of cryptocurrency slash Bitcoin? Great question. So take a step back for a second. Let's, let's answer like the underlying root of that. So yeah, it's... it's not U.S. currency. US, the United States calls cryptocurrency an asset class. So it's no different than Apple stock. It's no different than land or real estate, right? Okay. That structures the way that we do real estate deals in Colorado. But what that really does is it allows us to treat it like an asset. Since we can treat it like an asset, it's no different than, you know, you're not going to go buy a cup of coffee with Apple stock, but you might be able to go buy a cup of, cup of coffee with something you traded for Apple stock. So right, yeah. um, I think originally when cryptocurrency started coming out, it was really just the currency of the internet. But now you can go to Wayfair and you can buy furniture with Bitcoin. Can you really? Yeah, yeah. Or you could go buy computer programs. You could buy stuff on Apple's website, right? So cryptocurrency, oh. <laughs> the, the whole reason that it kind of took off was because it's a really good viable alternative if you don't have a stable currency like the U.S. Yeah. 
Gotcha. Yep. Okay. So the U.S. has this really great stable currency called the U.S. dollar, and the, most of the world happens to trade with it. If it wasn't for that, you know, it would be pretty volatile, and you wouldn't really know what was going on. It'd be great here, but if you traveled somewhere else, you wouldn't be able to use it. Yeah. You know, you can go to Mexico right now, and you don't even need to get a peso. You just use U.S. dollars. Well, in a lot of countries, you could just go and travel with Bitcoin, especially through South America, Asia, stuff like that, and you would never have to trade into the local currency. You could just use cryptocurrencies. Oh, it's, I mean, it's so fascinating, right? It's such a departure from what we're used to, but it yeah. makes, to me, when I finally wrap my head around it, I'm like, this is, why wouldn't you, right? I, I, yeah, I mean, so I there's think obviously the some is, risk to it. And I think the, the, bigger, the bigger question is, how will large-scale governments adopt this? So you have com- countries like Japan and Korea who are just like, oh, yeah, go ahead, pay your water bill with Bitcoin today. Cool. Like that's where they're at. In Europe, they're very embracing of it, but you know they have the euro, so they're pretty vested in their currency. But at the yeah. same time, they're very open-minded. Yeah. And then you have countries on the other side that are like China, and China basically says, "No, we don't want any part of this. Our people cannot use it. It's banned." But it's for certain reasons. It's not that they don't like it. I mean, China is the world's largest miner of Bitcoin. The problem really? being that they won't let any of their people use it because they don't want assets leaving the country. Like once you put money on the internet, you are now international, international, right? Yeah, there's nothing else you can do. So it's kind of a double-edged sword. And the US is really in the middle by declaring cryptocurrency an asset. It's not a currency. You can't go pay your utility bill with it, but you can absolutely embrace the culture. You can embrace what's happening with it. You can support business. I mean, especially here in Colorado. I mean, with with our new governor and our previous governor, it, very pro blockchain all the time. Yeah. Do you think, in your estimation, you got an economics degree? You're a smart guy. You're super plugged in. You talk to people all over the place. Uh, there's Vermont. I think is already doing closings with it. Yeah. So happening. I, my the podcast I run. I yeah. run two of them. Right. But the Get Real with Blockchain is our our blockchain and real estate podcast. Um, basically, because of speaking at Refresh this year, I connected with the CEO of Property, and she yeah. is the one who kind of is doing a lot of that stuff, right? And so we had him on the show. We talked a little bit about it, but I've been really connected and dialed in with them because we have a really good connection, right? There's not many people in the blockchain space doing a lot. There's a lot of people talking a big talk, and it's kind of nice to see you know, this handful of companies that are really trying to change the world. And Actually so that's so. really what they want to do. Now, It'll be interesting to see how successful they are with it because there's a few really good competitors they have. Everyone's kind of trying to solve the same problem different ways. But what they're trying to do in Vermont is they're trying to take real estate ownership, record it onto the blockchain, and then you basically eliminate the clerk and recorder's current system, right? It's replacing it with a different system. You wouldn't replace the clerk and recorder because blockchain is not a place where you put a ton of information. Blockchain is a place where you... Anthony, what is blotching? Since you said we've now said that word twenty times, I'm like, dude, hold on, back up. Tell me what the hell it is first, and then we'll and then we'll get back into why the clerk and recorder doesn't blotch. You're right. So you have two different two different sects of this. Bitcoin starts everything off in 2009, and okay. it is like founding of blockchain is Bitcoin, right? It's basically just their accounting ledger. It's okay. just All the right. recording of you traded money to me and this is how much was moved. That's what Bitcoin did. What the rest of blockchain technology did, starting with Ethereum in about 2013, 
it basically said, well, if we could trade this amount of currency, why can't we just trade information? Well, what kind of information do you want to trade? I don't know, anything. So they just created a system that instead of trading amount of currency, let's just trade this, whatever this information is. Well, that information in Vermont happens to be real estate ownership. In wow. other large Stanford projects, Harvard projects, I mean, you have people trading medical records as on the blockchain. The nice thing being, if you traveled to New York, got in a cab accident, and you ended up in the hospital, they could just scan your retina, and they could reference your medical records on the blockchain. Yeah. Now, that's not something that's currently happening, but by doing that, you get a really, really high level of service that is catered to you, right? Yeah. They know every surgery you've had. They might know your, you know, your drug allergies, your blood type. You're now at the mercy of somebody who knows everything about you versus nothing. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of kind of benefits to this, but there's multiple generations of blockchain technology going from currency to like this great trading of, of information. That's so cool. I didn't know that it was so much the information. I thought it was just more on the transaction side. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's so fascinating. Yeah, so I think the, the big gap being that the, the blockchain isn't going to house like this huge file room of medical records or of real estate ownership. What it's going to do is it's going to reference like where to find it. Yeah. And nowadays, blockchain is admissible in court. So if you take your real estate ownership, record it on the blockchain, you can just reference that and say, where does that point to? Well, it points to this server that specifies what's happening. Well, once you have it on the blockchain, now you can just say, look, I recorded my ownership. This is when I own this property. Now, if anyone wants to go back and say, you don't own what you own, you're like, actually, I own it right here. Yep. And you can't tamper with it, right? There, this was a big deal for real estate ownership in third world countries, right? How many times did we see ruthless dictators just walk through a country and just wipe everything out? That's and they're like, nope, it's mine now. Yep. And nobody could do anything about it. Well, the blockchain could solve that problem for them specifically. For us, it's more of an efficiency thing, I think. This may be a leveling of the playing field internationally is kind of how I see it. I mean, it just puts everything on a standard. Everybody has access to what everybody needs. Is that fair? It's pretty fair. I mean, I think one of the big things that I saw in cryptocurrency as early as I ever heard about it was just the fact that you could basically make every person on earth bankable. Right, right now, you might be a 100-mile canoe trip from the nearest bank. Okay. I mean, that's what happens to people in third world countries. Yep. Yeah. But now, if you look at what's happened with technology, you could live in a mud hut with a solar panel on the roof that is cheap, like 100 bucks, have a, a basically a Nokia 1000 cell phone, which is like $5, and have cell service out there. You could be your own bank because of cryptocurrency. That's a crazy little Mike. way to look at it right there. Yeah, that's not So let's talk about like wow. the currency conversion on Bitcoin. Like, do you take the U.S. currency and buy Bitcoin? Is that how you get into that? Yeah, so if you wanted to get into Bitcoin today, the best way to do that is go download um, an app for an exchange. So let's just say Coinbase because they're the largest in the United States. Yeah. Um, you download that app. You link your bank account to it. And you say, I want to buy one of, I think they're trading eight different currencies right now. You say, I want to buy one of these currencies. And there's a bid price and a sell price. And if you want to buy it, you just buy it at whatever okay. the, it's like buying a stock. So it's like no different than if you like logged onto a brand new Scott trade account. Yeah. You can go buy whatever stock you wanted. Buying cryptocurrency is that way. Gotcha. That's okay. the easiest way to get it. Yeah. Okay. I like easy. That's the way you, to do you it. You can get complicated later, but easy is good to start. Easy is great to start. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's the point of this, right? Is to make things easier. Make it make it safer and easier to use, and so if the accessibility to it is easy, you might get more adoption. Yeah, and I think the the whole reason I really 
brought this in more to real estate, and the really reason I've been pushing cryptocurrency and blockchain on Colorado as much as I have, is just the fact that the security of it is so much better than what we have. Yeah. Real estate is just an industry that is not nearly secure enough, and we are dealing with the largest financial transactions in people's lives. So we need to be the best, and right now we're not. So we better fix we've that. We've had multiple instances of wiring instructions being taken over or sent to the wrong person. Um, the and Russians. Hundreds of thousands of dollars gone. There's no recourse. There's nothing yeah, you can really gone. do. Once it's transferred, there's there's not a lot of traceability. There's it's. Yeah, it's one of my biggest do. classes I teach right now is on wire fraud prevention and cybersecurity. And I know that's like completely seems out of the wheelhouse, but it's basically right in the same neck of the woods of what we're talking about. Absolutely. And I think the blockchain technology is just part of the answer. But I mean, it's that's not my solve personal everything. opinion. Yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously, this is not my professional opinion through land title by any means. But <laughs> disclaimer. <laughs> disclaimer. <laughs> I mean, I think that's we'll one of those that things. Put that at the bottom that, of the page. Yeah. yeah, yeah right. Disclaimer. Yeah. Land title. Don't fire Anthony don't for fire talking me. about his personal opinion. <laughs> That's awesome. So do you think, I mean, your professional opinion, I was going to get to this, is I, I want to ask a couple of things. Where do you think all this is going economically? But what do you think is the realistic outlook of blockchain technology and, and Bitcoin or, or some usage of whatever similar to it in a real estate transaction on a consistent basis? That becomes the new standard in Colorado. Is that close or is that far? That's a tough one. I'm it's a super tough question. I think at some point it will happen inevitably, yeah. no matter what. Yeah. The real question is, are we two years? I mean, we could adopt it in six months. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Mainly because I think we're still in an education phase. That's why I've committed so much of my time and resources to education is because until we, we curb that hurdle, yeah. you can't even move on to the next yeah. one. Yeah. So people are still asking me, what is Bitcoin, right? Yep. That's That was your yep. first question today. Well, that's crazy that we are still at that phase to me, but... When I first got into this, I was like, man, this thing is going to be here on our doorstep in a year because it just makes sense, right? Yeah. The technology is there. Yeah. We're, it's more why, than capable. Why wouldn't we, right? Yeah, why wouldn't we? But the truth is that adoption patterns take a lot of time. Yeah. It's been compared many times. Blockchain and cryptocurrency is in like the early phases of the internet, like 1992 when you didn't even have AOL yet, right? <laughs> right. Like that's where it's at today. Eventually you're going to get that disc in the mail for AOL and you're going to get your <laughs> dial-up modem and everyone's going to be like, wow, this is so much better than what I was doing before. We can trade cat videos. Right. Oh right? my yeah. God. <laughs> dial-up, you brought it there. But that's basically where we're at. Totally, I mean, we're yeah. so far, and in that technology, the big, the cryptocurrency technology and the blockchain technology is very similar to the internet and the way it can change yeah. the world. Yeah. So that's why I think it's coming. Uh, it may be five to 10 years out, but I think you're going to start seeing real estate transactions being done sooner than that. I mean, Proppy literally had a meeting with Denver County to talk about recording stuff on the blockchain. So small implementations, you're starting to see businesses really grasp the concepts, see the benefits. It, that's what it's going to first take. It's going to take large businesses to start adopting small things, right? I think land title eventually will s start adopting small things, right? You'll start seeing MLSs and you'll start seeing some of these national companies pick up little things where they can get a lot of efficiency out of it. Because at the end of the day, we're all just trying to be profitable yeah. and make money yeah. in this business. And how better to affect your profit margin than really get some efficiencies that you wouldn't be able to get otherwise? I think it'd be so cool if Denver City and County said, okay, we run these foreclosures, right? And, and everything is out there. 
Um, and then we run the sales. I, how cool would it be if that was the standard of this is how we run it now? It would be cool. Yeah. I think it'll happen. I mean, yeah. I think it's just a matter of time. I agree. The question is, it could be 20 years. It's hard to say. And as far as Bitcoin being part of the everyday, I mean, right now it's less than 0.01% of transactions that are really being done with crypto, mainly because it's so difficult right now that it's almost easier just to sell your Bitcoin and buy a house with cash. That doesn't necessarily mean that by marketing your home cryptocurrency eligible, you're not getting a really large pool of buyers and sellers. They may still buy it with US dollars yeah. because it might just be easier. I mean, literally I helped a client market a $1.9 million house in Denver here that was cryptocurrency eligible. And you get tons of media hype, right? You get tons of exposure. But at the end of the day, yeah, it could absolutely help them find a buyer from out of state or internationally. They're probably still going to end up paying cash for it at the, at the bottom line. Yeah, it seemed like it got like there was a big push. Like all of a sudden, I was seeing Bitcoin, Bitcoin, Bitcoin across the board for I mean, maybe, let's just say six months. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, it just like all of a sudden, just quiet crickets, right? It, yeah, I mean, you want to know do why? You see that happen a lot. Yeah, we see it all the time, especially in cryptocurrency space. You see stuff like this because when things are going really well and their newsworthy events like you know cryptocurrency doubling in the last month or something yeah. in price people are excited and people don't want to miss the boat and people go out and buy a lot of cryptocurrency and then yeah. the bubble bursts and they lose a lot of money i mean that's basically what happened in 2017 2000 early 2018 and because of that and because things got so quiet all you've seen is people that really truly care about what they're doing have a lot of innovation in last year. So the difference between all the media hype and everything that was going on is you just didn't really see a lot of individuals investing in anything other than just buying currency, right? Yeah. Big businesses and people that were kind of getting grasped with this were like, man, this technology can change the world. How do we become part of it? I mean, yeah. in the last year, play, companies like Visa are partnering with cryptocurrency companies to be, how am I part of this? I know this is next. You know, I don't want to miss out. Be on the leading edge of it. Yeah, you want to be on the leading edge of it. And I think that's what has been accomplished, why everything went quiet and dark in the media. Yeah, Bitcoin, the whole reason that Bitcoin's even in my class is just that gets good headlines and right. people want to show up then. Yeah. What I want to talk about is I want to talk about the blockchain side that's going to yeah. change our lives. Yeah. yeah. No, that sounds, I, I, I really kind of, the, the blockchain side seems like that is something that could get put into place a lot quicker than people really buying into the Bitcoin across the, the world. Like the blockchain, I don't know why that's not in place right now. That makes total sense. I mean, yeah. that piece of it, I get. Yeah. Well, let's talk about, like, thank you for the education on You're Bitcoin welcome. and blockchain. Um, Come that helps. my class sometimes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, that dude, is, uh, dude, that helped me a ton. I've gone twice and I feel still dumb, but I'm like, right. I'm starting to get it. I teach you again in the tech center next I, week. I, I at <laughs> least understand what the hell a Bitcoin is now. And I'm like, okay, cool. Because I will tell you, I mean, if I, I've had people reach out to me like, hey, you know, almost like network marketing guys, right? Hey, you need to get into this Bitcoin thing with me. And I'm like, dude, yeah. first of all, I can't get on something. I don't even, I don't even understand what that word means. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't think yeah. anyone should invest in it unless they understand it more. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, that's very well, smart. Well, tell us about something. You said you've got 27 did you say 27 classes i think we're teaching something like that now yeah that is so like how how do you manage your daily business you've got to go out and call on you said 500 to 800 real estate agents you've got 27 classes you've got the everyday just you know hey i, I gotta count my title order see what's mm -hmm. coming in like you gotta manage a ton man that is a lot oh by the way you're married and you have a kid and one on the way so yeah life's how busy. the hell are you managing <laughs> all this stuff you got going on I think the key to all of real estate and sales in general is just the fact that you got to be able to tie it all together. Right? Yep. 
my clients are my friends, that's a big deal, right? Yeah. You got to enjoy yeah. what you're doing. I love what I'm doing. Otherwise, yeah. there's no way I'd be getting up in the morning, working as hard as I can all day, and then trying to turn it off when I get home at night to spend some time with the kiddos before bed. But I mean, basically, at the, at the beginning of the day, my entire job is still sales in Boulder County. Like, yep. that's what I'm judged on. Yep. So how I fit that in, that's still beyond me. But I think a lot of the education and the teaching, that's what I like to do. So I just focus on the ways that you can get a lot of leverage in your business. How can yeah. you get leverage in your business? You got to see a lot of people. My goal is just to educate every realtor in Boulder County. That's awesome. I mean, as far as business is concerned. Yeah. Yep. Right, and by by educating all these realtors and lenders and all of our other partners, you know, I got asked to teach um, continuing education credits for attorneys in Boulder County, and oh. I'm like, uh, I can't do that because I only know the real estate side of this. Like, I'm not an expert in Bitcoin. I'm yeah. an expert in the real estate side of cryptocurrency and blockchain. Like, yeah. that's all I focus on. That's where I'm at. Like, keep me in my bubble. <laughs> <laughs> so. It's just been kind of interesting because it's it's been really good networking. And if yeah. nothing else, the cryptocurrency stuff, it was our most popular class at Land Title last year. Right? Yeah. I taught over a thousand people about cryptocurrency and Bitcoin. The problem being that that doesn't pay the bills, but it is networking, right? And it's just about building credibility yeah. and it's about being genuine. Like I just want to help everyone be successful. Yeah. I, I want my clients to be more successful than the people that aren't my clients. Yeah. At the end of the day. Yeah. How do you do that? You just help them with their business. So this can help everybody that takes class just as much, basically, not just the cryptocurrency side, but all the other classes are social media, right? I teach Facebook, I teach Instagram, I teach all kinds of stuff. I mean, we teach everything from basic title knowledge, basic marketing, business planning, right? Teach classes on, you know, finance for your business, whatever it is, right? Like, there's just lots of good ideas to get out there and just be a professional. It has no, I mean, my business is no different than your business in right. a lot of ways. Right. It's just That's about... True. You know what? Who are you selling, and what are you trying to sell? Yeah, I really like how you. you they even <laughs> wanted you to come teach with the attorneys, but you were like, "Look, I'm gonna stay in my lane. Like, th yeah, this, stay in this, your lane. this is yeah. where I'm. This is where this is my wheelhouse. I am really good right here. Now, at some point, maybe you can venture over there, but you're really focused on being the best at where you're at right now. Absolutely. And then I've always like, just then maybe I'll go look over there. That's awesome, man. It's good that you know that spot, that place. Yeah, you got you to do that. And I think especially with a lot of these new technologies, things change so fast, especially yeah. in the cryptocurrency space. Yeah. Yep. If you're not paying attention every day, you are getting run over by technology. Yeah. So not every realtor has to pay attention every day. Not every professional has to pay attention every day. But you know, if you want to be an expert in something, it takes a lot of time and effort. And I mean, that's kind of why we put together the podcast. It was a good way to leverage relationships and build better relationships with people. It's a really good way for us all to get out there and be a little more visible. Yep. So it's been fun. I mean, we'll talk whole, about that. Talk about your podcast. I mean, you've got, I mean, what are you guys talking on? When are you guys doing it? How's mm -hmm. that working? So I have two podcasts going on. I have Front Range Facts, which Front Range Facts is basically just statistics and data all over the Front Range of Colorado. It's really targeted to realtors and then actual consumers. I don't know how many consumers are listening to it because it might be a little in depth, but sure. it's some of them match, some of them don't. Um, so I have a partner on that, Jim Marion. He works at Cobalt Banker in Boulder, and we kind of just decided to get together and say, "What can we do? Let's just throw something out once a month and see what happens." Yep. So we started that this year. Um, we're doing super in-depth interviews into every community. Uh, we started one. We did one on Colorado Springs just the other day. Um, so it's it's kind of fun. It's exciting. It's interesting to see where that stuff goes. If nothing else, it's a good excuse to reach out to everyone and say, look, yeah. 
I know I'm the expert on the data in Boulder County because I am the one who pulls the public record reel and looks at it all and, you know, analyzes it. But there's a lot of people that are really good at this stuff. So we just grab every expert we can and get our hands on, have a good conversation. It's no different than what you guys are doing here, right? You're just right, meeting yep. cool people and yep. having good conversations. And I think a lot of people want to tune into that stuff. Like everybody just wants to get to know you and get to know what you're doing. And that builds a lot of credibility just being a professional. Right. And, and, and then, you got a second one. Yeah, How's so the other all? podcast is Get Real with Blockchain. Um, that one is specifically... It's super niche. And so that's the reason we started the second podcast because the niche market of blockchain in real estate is a very limited audience. But at the same time, we meet all the best of people on it, right? We meet some of the coolest people you'll meet. We meet everyone from Silicon Valley to New York City. You know, we'll have an interview with the people up in Aspen that tokenize that uh, hotel up there. Yeah. But it's really fun. I mean, it's been great to get to know everyone and meet all these really interesting people. That is absolutely a podcast that, yeah, it's cool to reach out to clients about. It's totally about what I'm interested in, yeah, my yeah, passion. Yeah. Yeah. But it's been awesome because it's been great to be an advisor to the community here and the blockchain stuff, so I like it. I would imagine you have almost a fanatical following as well on this. <laughs> I'm sure there's like 20 people that are just, that are like, just dialed like, can't in. wait, like, oh, like counting down. When is it coming out? Right. Like, that is so amazing, man. I, I don't know if you know how powerful that is to... We always talk about having an impact on the world and how you can do these things. And we always think of this big, broad thing, like I'm going to be Tom Shoes and I'm going to sell one pair of shoes and give another pair away and change the world. And it's like, no, we don't have to be so global. You know, go where you're passionate and excited and people will Mm -hmm. follow and you will find just these crazy lunatics that will do (laughs) anything you ask them to do. Yeah, the hyper-local stuff is fun, man. And that's why I got into the data too, is just because it was hyper-local. It was just like the blockchain stuff. You can really impact a small group of people in a large way yeah. rather than a ton of people in a really small way. Yeah. And when I say crazy lunatics, I don't mean crazy. I just mean they're just so exci- as excited as you yeah. are. Wow. Then they should be. Wow, Justin. I didn't mean to offend Just throwing comments. that out like that. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Justin's actually one of those crazy lunatics. Right, That's like, what dude, he's talking about. No one knows I'm on that <laughs> podcast every week. Yeah, right, here it is. Yeah. only listens to in his car <laughs> on repeat. I love it. So what do you listen to podcast-wise? I mean, are you do you expand out beyond this niche or are you... What's going on when you're in your car, and how are you feeding your brain? What are you reading? What are you listening to? The, I would say the thing I do and follow the most. I read a lot of articles on the blockchain stuff. Okay. There's not a lot to listen to that's really riveting and exciting. Um, there's this guy named Andre Santanopoulos who's fantastic, but he's in like a global speaker. It's very high level and okay. really in-depth into crypto and kind of Ethereum, Bitcoin stuff. I like him a lot. Yep. I like to follow him, but he's about the only person I follow that's in the blockchain space. But he's got Everything. such a cool name too, right? Yeah, he's Andre Santanopoulos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> freaking uh, you better be him, a badass. Him, right? yeah, he's great. Like, I love it. But he's like a cypherpunk from back in the '90s. If you okay. guys ever yeah. followed any of that, yeah. Stuff. So I like him, but outside of that, I really just follow business stuff, okay. right? Okay. I just follow. How do I be better at leveraging? time. You know, how do I do better follow-up? How am I more impactful for my clients, right? How do I build deeper relationships? Um, Just lots of business books. I haven't read anything for fun, I think, in a very long time. Uh I know that feeling. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Not that I I would, you know, I don't really miss that. I've never really been one for you know, fictional reading, I guess. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I agree. So what's, what's the latest best book you've read? I'm rereading Ninja Sales Training. Yeah. I would highly recommend that Ninja to everyone. 
But yeah. the reason I'm rereading it is because I took Ninja back when I first started in real estate. And it's hands down the way I build my business. I think the land title sales team is really kind of diving into that Ninja stuff. It's also, it's finally catching a lot of momentum. I mean, it's been out for 30 years basically, yeah. but yeah. I don't know why it didn't catch more momentum in Denver. So it's been great to kind of incorporate that. I mean, I've always incorporated that in my business. It's all about providing a lot of value all the time. But um, it, it's nice to be able to relate on a, a level with your realtor clients as to, okay, this is how you're going out to get business. I'm doing the same, same thing, thing just in a different way, right? Yep, yep, yeah. So that's definitely what I'm focused on right that's now. That's awesome. Yeah. Yep, really good. Um, all right, so you got you got a little one. You got a one coming. Yep, we got uh, a two-and-a-half-year-old, and I've got one due in July. That's exciting. Are you ready? Are you ever ready? No, I don't <laughs> think you are, right? <laughs> that is so cool, man. I'm, I'm so excited. I, I guess um, the, the one thing I would say is please don't forget us here because I feel that someday for real. We're going to probably want to work for you in some I capacity. Don't, I don't think that's how that works. <laughs> I don't know. Here's man. what I love about what Anthony keeps saying. He said, you know, I'm into this real nerdy stuff. I'm into this real nerdy stuff. And you know, and as you grow up, you're like, oh, that dude's a nerd. Yeah. Dude, you, that some of the coolest shit I've heard in a long time where I'm sitting there going, wow, what yeah. the hell, right? What am I it, doing? It, it's a different when the mind, as you get older, a mindset goes from a nerd is a nerd to that is the coolest freaking nerd. I need to associate with him all the time because yeah. he's going to go somewhere. Yeah, let's right? just hope that you and everyone else out there is <laughs> in the same boat. <laughs> Humility is a, a definite strong suit of yours, but I think in all sincerity, my friend, the, the, the trajectory of where you're going is absolutely incredible. And I've been impressed by you every time I've seen you speak. I've been impressed that you take something that's so difficult for so many of us and so foreign to us and you make it palatable, you make it something that we can go, okay, that I can wrap my head around that. And I think if you can stay on that path and dumbing it down for the rest of us and making it this thing we can touch and feel and, mm -hmm. and, and see it, um, it's going to be huge. And man, I, I'm just excited for you and I'm, I'm honored you came on here. And Well, thank you for having me. This has been great. It's so yeah. much fun and um, I'm like my head's spinning. I don't know about you, but I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> it's probably the quietest I've ever been because um, I'm just like, damn, dude, what, you, what was that again? Like I'm sitting here thinking, taking notes about what I'm going to study, not what I'm putting in. Yes, so yes. I'm like, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's yeah. been great. It's been, I love hearing how you just balance as much as you can. We, you know, we had a guy on last week that says there's no such thing as balance and we agree with that, but you're doing a very good job of at least finding some kind of structure within yeah. everything you have. I mean, you got to live by your calendar, just like you. If, if it's not on my calendar, it didn't happen. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. amen to that. Yeah, so. <laughs> right. Well, my friend, uh, I will see you on the speaking tour. Yeah, um, I'll see you next week. Excited to see where you're going next and uh, keep it coming and don't stop this because I think uh, I think there's huge opportunity for you, especially knowing there's nobody else really carrying the torch here locally or in the state or not many nationwide that are doing what you're doing. So I would double down and go for it, my friend. Well, thank you. I appreciate That's it. Awesome. So yeah, yeah. you guys, thanks for checking us out today. Um, if you have questions, where can they find you? Um, you can find me on the internet. You just Google my name. It's Anthony Meisner. I'm confident in my SEO. Nice. <laughs> uh, if you want the podcast, getrealwithblockchain.com or frontrangefacts.com. And you can always get me just by Googling land title and searching Anthony. That's awesome. Cool. Thank you. Anthony, you're, yes. you're a true pro, my friend. And uh, here's, to, here's to great things ahead. So, That's it. Thank you, guys. 
Have a great weekend ahead. We started early because we're out of town. I'm out of town That's for right. a conference. Out of town. So. Some people are like, dude, why are you on on Tuesday? It's always Friday. But yes. Hey, we, we don't miss a week, and that's why we're on Tuesday because we just make adjustments to however we got to make it in the schedule. That's what we got to so. do, right? That's it. You do what you got to do. It's, it's on the calendar. It's, it's on, on the, the calendar. calendar. <laughs> so I was here on Tuesday. <laughs> I think we found the theme of today's, today's show is <laughs> exactly. it's on the calendar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, y'all. Have a great right. day. Love, love you guys. We'll see you soon. <laughs>